What's going on, everybody? Feels like it's been forever since I talked to you guys. It's been since last Friday that I came out with a podcast, but it is Tuesday, December 21st, getting real close. Christmas Eve's on Friday, uh, so I will have two more episodes for you guys before we get to Christmas Eve. Hope everybody had a wonderful first two days of the work week. Most people have less than a full week this week, which is awesome. Uh, we work too hard and we deserve to have the days off. Uh, my company is giving us off Thursday and Friday rather than Friday and Monday. It's cool either way. It's good to spend some time with people we care about. Uh, good to do some of our own stuff because we waste a lot of our life working. So please enjoy uh, the holiday season. Uh, we got absolutely lit up like a Christmas tree. And before I go any further, for all of you that do not know me, Cole Hate, the host of the podcast you are currently listening to, the All in Man Cave podcast, uh, available wherever podcasts are found. But we we came out real, real sour uh, in terms of betting this week. Uh, I gave you guys a lot of stinkers. It was a rough week for football. We're going to go through the games like we typically do on the recap show. Every game up until last night, uh, the Monday night game, obviously we have two games today that got rescheduled due to COVID, uh, being the Eagles and the Washington football team, uh, as well as the Seattle Seahawks and the Rams. So uh, a, not not good numbers, but I feel obligated to at least tell you guys how terrible we did uh, against the spread and over-unders. So for over-unders, we were 4 of 11. Uh, that record would be 4 and 7. Uh, 3 of 11 against the spread, not very good. And the parlay was 2 of 6. Got burnt again on the parlay. Unfortunately, I don't ever pick the six that I would uh, pick. Uh, sorry, stumbling over my words here. But uh, what I would normally pick, like in terms of all the over-unders and all the spreads, we could have hit on multiple parlays every week. I've hit it on at least... Uh, at, uh, I've hit on at least three in each category the entire time, but never pick those three. But... Uh, not good in terms of betting. I'll give you guys a few things that I like for these two uh, rescheduled COVID games, which we'll talk a lot about COVID in this segment because it affects a lot in the NFL, and this is a sports podcast, so we will definitely cover that. Uh, but unfortunately, not very good. Hopefully this week being a little bit better, although it's going to be harder and harder based on what's going on in terms of injuries around the league, in terms of we're getting to crunch time, teams are going to start players, teams are going to sit players, it's going to get start to get weird. So it's going to be hard, but maybe that'll work out for the best of us, uh, for the best for all of us, I guess I should say. Uh, so let's hop right in. First game we're going to cover, the Steelers beat the Titans 19-13. to If anybody out there watched this game all the way through, probably if you're in Pennsylvania or a fan of either of these teams, understandably so, I have no idea how the Steelers won this football game. Their offense struggled. Big Ben only 145 yards passing. Najee Harris kept in check all day. I started him in fantasy. I did end up winning my fantasy matchup this week based on David Montgomery's performance last night against the Minnesota Vikings, but uh, it was a nail-biter because Najee Harris put up, I think, 4.6 in most PBR leagues uh, for the entire game, so it, it was rough. Uh, the Titans uh, basically lost this football game due to the amount of turnovers. 
Uh, Joe Hayden comes back off of injury for the Pittsburgh Steelers at cornerback. He did well throughout the game, made a lot of big plays, probably one of the reasons why they were able to come out on top. Uh, But this game was ugly to watch, and I've been talking about the Tennessee Titans in terms of what what are they without Derrick Henry, and we still really don't know. They're dinged up at the wide receiver position. Uh, Most of their playmakers are out right now. Their top three playmakers are out right now. Basically, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones dinged up again, once again. You guys know exactly how I feel about Julio Jones, uh, but he re-injured the hamstring. He's going to be out again, probably for a decent length of time. Most likely, he's not going to have any type of fantasy impact till for from now until the end of the season, uh, because most people's playoffs are before week sixteen, before we are sorry, before week seventeen. Uh, but it, it's it's. It's insane. Uh, A.J. Brown's still dinged up. Uh, Ryan Tannehill doesn't look comfortable back there. Bad decisions. He did have a rushing touchdown in this game. But it, it it's it's crazy. The Steelers didn't make any big mistakes. Therefore, they won the football game. And that's going to be kind of like a slogan of most of these football games we're going to talk about. Some teams are struggling offensively. And their team's getting carried by either their defense or them being prone to not making mistakes. And big mistakes ruin and lose you football games. That's just the way it is. And that's not just for statistics. That's not just for single games. That's for fantasy football as well. It's it's an all-around spectrum of the NFL football world, whether it be betting, whether it be fantasy football, whether it be statistics, whether it be your favorite team and who you follow. So it's it's kind of crazy. What well, Let's see what happens. The, the AFC North still the most competitive division. Every team is right neck and neck with each other. They're only off by one, if not one and a half games with maybe the tie breaks that happen within the division. But let's see what happens. Great win by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, And let's see what we get from the Titans because they have people nipping at their heels right now. And it might become an issue if they start to slump. Next on the docket, the Cowboys beat the Giants 21-6. This was the only game I attempted to watch on Sunday. Did a lot of cleaning uh, in my house. Ripped out some carpet, cleaned some windows. uh, Attempted to try and do that and also watch a football game on my phone. Uh, Not a very good idea for anybody out there who was asking if it could be something they should do. Please don't do that. Uh, I ended up not watching it at all, listening to it a little bit, but not being able to watch it. It was a little ridiculous. But the Cowboys offense continues to be mediocre the last month, month and a half. Dak Prescott didn't look good. They're averaging less than six yards an attempt through the air, uh, which is not basically what anyone expected from the Cowboys offense. Now, their defense once again stepped up. It, It was... It was good to see that the defense can perform, but I'm going to lean one way, and and this is just the, the way I feel about the situation. I think that the Dallas Cowboys defense is a little overrated. Now, don't get me wrong. Micah Parsons, great rookie, probably going to win defensive rookie of the year. Trayvon Diggs having a wonderful season. Randy Gregory come, comes out of nowhere being a what we thought was a mediocre player to now a basically high-caliber pass rusher. Which is helping them a lot. It's helping helping the Cowboys out a lot. The thing that I'm worried about is everybody else on the defense. So they have three playmakers, and what about the rest? The rest of the starters. And I just, I think they're a little bit overblown. I, I think it's overblown. 
I, I think their I think their defense is overrated. I think that they're gonna either get to the end of this season at some point and or in the playoffs, and they're gonna have a stinker where right now they're being compared to a team that is almost invincible from having a stinker game. And I don't think that's the way it's gonna. I don't think that's the way it's gonna shake up. Now the sputtering offense, uh, they're doing enough to get to get it done. And Dak Prescott, via the media, has come out and talked multiple times about how he needs to be better. The offense needs to make plays. The defense is putting them in the right spot to put them in a position to win football games. Uh, but in his voice, it seems like he knows the offense is being subpar. And and if you guys don't believe me, if you don't trust me, if there's Cowboys fans out there, which there there are, there's a lot of them out there, it's America's team. Go out there and listen to Dak Prescott in the media and talk to the media. He just seems like he's hesitant, seems like there's something holding them back, whether it be him personally or somewhere on the team. Ezekiel Elliott doesn't look the same this year. They're not getting the run production they they used to get uh, even at the beginning of this season, if not seasons previous as well. So I and listen on the flip side, the 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 Giants just need to blow it up, and that's I'm just being as honest as possible. Get your team into a position where you can draft players that are going to help this football team turn the corner. Daniel Jones ruled out for the rest of the season with the neck injury. Uh, you're going to see a lot of Mike Glennon. Saquon Barkley still doesn't look like he has his step. The offensive line can't block for him anyway. So there's gonna there's gonna be a huge shakeup, and I've called shakeups for multiple teams. I know I understand that I've called a shakeup in multiple organizations so far since I've started this podcast a few months ago. But it's eh, I it, I don't see much I don't see much to build off of in New York right now. You have your older players that are not performing. You have your players that come off of injury that seem like they're not the same and your quarterback position is is non-existent. Daniel Jones, Mike Glennon, it doesn't matter who you bring in at this point. It, it, it's just it needs to be shooken up and shooken up hard. It needs to it needs to break. And, and if that includes Joe Judge, it might. I don't think it will. I think Joe Judge is probably going to be the 100% person that I think will come back next season. Uh, but they need to change at the quarterback position. They need to unload some of these contracts. And they need to get younger players in this on this team whether that be in free agency, whether that be in the draft, uh, what what have you, via trade, it doesn't matter. But they need to bring people in that are going to change the culture of what's happening on the field. I don't. I'm not talking about the locker room. I'm not saying that the culture in the locker room is terrible. But I think they need a, they need a shakeup. And if they get a shakeup, this team might be able to turn the corner. Next on the list, the Lions beat the Cardinals thirty to twelve. Lions had one of the more productive offensive days on the whole NFL slate uh, for all of Sunday and including the Monday night games, which we will get to, which were uh, basically stinkers. But uh, Jared Goff looked good. Uh, Completion percentage good, making high caliber throws. Uh, He looked like he was on the Rams again with Sean McVay. It it looked great. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, great player, great young player. Awesome if they could get somebody to go on the other side of him make it a little bit more dynamic, which they can evaluate and look at in the draft or via free agency or what have you. Uh, the Lions have a decent, uh, they have good pick selection this year in the draft, so they might be able to turn the corner and, and get back to uh, a team that's not 2-12-1. 
So it's very possible, very possible. So let's see what happens with that. But on the flip side, the Cardinals, they've run into this problem before. And and it's basically Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler. The, it looks like a mirror image of last season where they were on a roll to begin the season. Kyler gets dinged up. He comes back at basically the same time. And in December, they shit the bed. And, and it's it, it's just it looks like it happens every year, and it's now accepted. Now this is the issue. Everybody was praising K- Cliff Kingsbury because they were deemed to get the number one seed in the NFC. That looks like it's in the back on the back burner now. Green Bay looks good. Unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it, Green Bay looks good. Their offense looks good. Their defense, eh? We'll talk about them in a little, but. Green Bay looks like they they might have the MVP playing for their team in Aaron Rodgers back-to-back years. And that's hard for me to say, but that's just the reality. The reality is Aaron Rodgers is carrying this football team, and it doesn't matter how many points they're down by. Aaron Rodgers can bring them back, and I don't feel that coming from Kyler Murray. I don't feel that he can take the team and put it on his back. He doesn't have the presence He doesn't seem like he has the media presence. He doesn't seem like he has the locker room presence. The leaders on that football team are in a group, and you know who's not in that group? Kyler Murray. Now, are you scared if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan right now? Uh, I wouldn't be scared. Uh, Maybe scared is the wrong word. Hesitant as to how this team's going to go into the playoffs and or perform in the playoffs. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. And I, I have a few people that I've met uh, in my years of sports, in my years of warehousing experience where I've worked previously, at bars that I meet random people watching football games and what have you. I've, I've acquired a few friends that are Cardinals fans. And listen, they're not super hype, but they're also not super overreacting right now, which is kind of where I'm at. I don't know what to expect from Kyler. They're missing DeAndre Hopkins. James Conner played in this football game, but clearly wasn't 100%. And they just got outplayed by the Lions. They just absolutely got outplayed by the Lions. And we talked about the Lions fight. We've talked about all of this stuff about the Lions as a team. They should have more wins. They fight in every game. The buy-in is there with the head coach. I'm a huge fan of Dan Campbell. Love that the players are getting buy-in. And they did what a lot of teams didn't do, and they got rid of players that were with the coaching staff that's currently here and players that played for the previous coaching staff. They unloaded most of those players that played for the previous regime, whereas the whole locker room can unite now. So let's see what we see from the Lions the last few weeks. They're a very good potential for a, for a spoiler in a lot of games moving forward from now till the end of the season. Next on the docket, the Bills beat the Panthers 31-14. to uh, The Bills' offense looked like it clicked this week. Now, now the, the stats won't show it from a Josh Allen perspective, uh, but Gabriel Davis showed up, Stephon Diggs made some plays, and they were able to run the football, which is something you haven't seen from a Buffalo team in uh, at least a whole year, a whole calendar year. Buffalo was never a, a team that was able to run the football effectively. We uh, The media talks about it. I've talked about it. They just aren't able to run the football, which makes you basically a one-headed machine. And if you stop that head on that machine, you're done. And they're able to run the football. Josh Allen wasn't expected to run the ball 15 times for 100-some-odd yards. They were able to run the football with Singletary. It was effective. 
it worked, and they beat a really bad and struggling Panthers team this week, which might propel them back into the caliber of play that we're known and used to seeing from Josh Allen and and Sean McDermott. That's what we're expecting, a team that will play defense hard and a team that will score points, and that is the success. That is basically the success plan for most teams that make a run for the Super Bowl. Let's see what happens from now until the end of the season, but uh, the Bills look good right now. And on the flip side, the the Panthers, I... I, I hate to bring this up again, and I it, there's just nothing else that comes to my mind when I think Cam Newton is not a starter in this league. He he will not be a starter in this league. Don't get me wrong. He should have packages. Him and Taysom Hill should have the same packages. They can do the same things. Taysom Hill, probably a little smaller, but he's probably a little faster. So they probably equate based on the experience of Cam Newton and what he knows he can do and what he's really good at. It's something it's something really great to look at that Cam Newton based on all the the trials and tribulations of his career the last few years is still able to have success on the football field and the Panthers need to realize like DJ Moore caught a touchdown pass this week. Awesome. Where has that been all season? He should be targeted multiple he should be targeted twice as much as he's been in every game that they've played this season. But based on the bad quarterback play that they've got, it just seems it just seems like the coaching and the play calling and the decisions made, they're either handcuffed because they don't have a better option or they're just calling the best play the best play they can possibly do because they know that they're limited. And that's, those are almost the same answers, uh, but with a, with a little bit of a twist. It's just it's just not something you really want to it's not something you really want to experience, especially as a fan of that team. Uh, and especially as owners in fantasy of Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, who probably picked those players up earlier in drafts than people think, and now your entire team that you thought was going to have at least a solid representative in a spot, whether that be our uh, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, or even a flex position, you haven't gotten any type of production from either of those players this season, at least consistently. Or, or, and if it's been consistent, it's been consistently bad. Next on the list, the 49ers beat the Falcons 31-13. to This game went completely the opposite of the way I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game in which it was close, uh, which is why I picked the Falcons plus the points. But the Falcons' defense is way worse than I thought it was, clearly. I watched a, a decent amount of that game reviewed on Game Pass, and their defense is, is awful. And and the, the Falcons might be the worst team with the best record in the NFL right now. Based on their cohesiveness on offense, the lack of an offensive line, their offense, the Falcons' offensive line has Matt Ryan trying to act like he's 20 years old and runs like Usain Bolt. It's insanity. It's insanity how fast the defense, the defenders uh, that they play against, get to Matt Ryan. It, he he can't even make a five step drop drop back. It's almost impossible. He's getting hit already. And which is why his subpar play has happened for the last month, month and a half. It, it, he just doesn't have time to throw the ball. And Kyle Pitts is the only wide receiver, a true wide receiver. And he's not even a true wide receiver. He's a tight end. I know Russell Gage made a big play. He's good for a few. Uh, but you can't take Calvin Ridley out of that out of that arsenal. And then, and then Kyle Pitts ends up getting two defenders on him on most plays and ask Matt Ryan to do anything because they're just not getting separation at the wide receiver position. It's just not happening. 
Now, on the flip side, the 49ers have won five of six games, and quietly at that. The the defensive front seven I've supported since the beginning of the season. I've said multiple times that their, their defense, the way that it's set up in terms of caliber of players, is basically the Tampa Bay Bucks defense. Their back end is terrible, but their front seven is good enough to win them football games, and that's exactly what they've been doing. Nick Bosa doing a great job. They have Fred Warner at the linebacker position, man in that defense, calling the plays, making plays. And their interior defensive linemen have gotten great push all season. Now, this is the perfect time for a team to get hot. And they're basically, after this week, and I believe they play the Titans on Thursday night football, and the Titans have been reeling a little bit to try and find out who they are. If they're able to get a win this week, uh, if the 49ers can win this week, they've locked up pretty much a wild card spot, guaranteed. They're up by one game already. They have tiebreakers on most of the NFC teams that are vying for wild card spots. So it's it's almost like, it, and then they play Houston the following week, which, uh, yes, you could Houston can play spoiler, but where where would you make a bet right now on who's going to win that football game? So, and spreads don't matter in the NFL. They only matter in betting. So you win the game, you win the game. Uh, which I'm going to say multiple times by the time we get to the end of this podcast. But uh, the 49ers look good, and let's see if that can continue. Jimmy Garoppolo, great job this week. Uh, did a good job not making any crazy Jimmy G throws, as well as they were able to run the football with Jeff Wilson Jr. successfully, especially with all the all the dinged-upness, uh, another word I've created on this podcast, uh, the, ding, the dinged-upness of... Their running back position right now. Everybody is dinged up. Everybody is hurt, it, including Jeff Wilson Jr. who played this whole game. So, a uh, great win by the 49ers. Falcons, probably the most fake six-win team out of all the teams that have six wins or less. Uh, they probably should only have three based on their defensive performance and their offensive line performance. Next game on the list, the Saturday game, the only Saturday game that actually played, uh, the Colts beat the Patriots 27-17. to Mac Jones looks like he came back to earth a little bit in this game. Jonathan Taylor again. Uh, we can talk about Bill Belichick. We can talk about how he probably schemed to stop Josh Jonathan Taylor. Josh Taylor. Uh, Jonathan Taylor from having a great game. Uh, but, but Jonathan Taylor needs to be in MVP talks. He, he needs to be in that conversation because this team – based on the performance of Carson Wentz this season and how dinged up they've been at the wide receiver position. Jonathan Taylor needs to be in the conversation for MVP. Now, I know it goes to a quarterback uh, typically every year or whoever. It's it's corrupt. It, the people who vote on the MVP selection is, is, is corrupt. It's just like politics. Now, this is not a political podcast. I don't lean a side. I don't lean any side. Uh, for politics, but it's corrupt. It doesn't matter what party you are. doesn't matter what position in that party you are. You are corrupt because politics is corrupt. And honestly, the way they vote for this, and this goes beyond just the NFL. It happens in the Heisman voting for college football. It happens sometimes in, in hockey. It happens in baseball. It, it happens in basketball. It, it, it happens everywhere. The people that vote are corrupt and lean to one position that they favor. It, it, that's just the way it is. And it's uh, it's unfortunate uh, because the impact that Jonathan Taylor has had for that football team is probably higher than any other impact, maybe besides Aaron Rodgers. Without Aaron Rodgers, that team is horrible. 
uh, without Jonathan Taylor, the Colts don't win football games. That's just what happens. That, that's that's it. But let me give myself kudos quick on the flip side. Mac Jones finds Hunter Henry, and I said it. He was going to have lower targets, but probably two touchdowns in the red zone. And what did he have? Lower targets and two touchdowns in the red zone. Now, in garbage time considered, maybe. You could maybe consider that garbage time, but uh, Mac Jones is still young. It, it, people are overreacting, saying the Patriots are done now because they lost. They won seven in a row. And Mac Jones was a great game manager through those games. I'm not jumping on the the hate for Mac Jones. Not quite yet. With Bill Belichick at the helm, with the way their defense has played in most games uh, throughout the whole season, better yet, throughout their winning streak, uh, the Patriots are going to be hanging around, and they're going to be a hard out uh, for anybody in the playoffs, just like the Colts. The Colts have played well on defense the last few weeks. Yes, they haven't played. Their strength of schedule, I guess you could say, has not been top-notch, but they're winning football games, and at the end of the day, that's what counts. So keep an eye on the Colts making a strong push in the AFC playoffs. Next on the list, the Packers beat the Ravens 31-30. to uh, Let's talk really quickly uh, about Tyler Huntley and how well he played. Uh, listen, Tyler Huntley looked just like Lamar Jackson. It looks like they found a backup quarterback in Baltimore that looks as close to Lamar Jackson as you're going to get. He runs like him. He's probably a little slower. He throws like him. He's probably just as accurate. Nobody expected this, and now he is potential trade bait. Now, there's a multiple there's multiple quarterbacks out there. I could go on for, for ages. There's probably 10-plus quarterbacks out there that could possibly be on the hook for a trade or just get cut after this season. Kirk Cousins, Ben Roethlisberger, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tyler Huntley, Mike Glennon, because he's going to be playing for the Giants probably the rest of the season. There's a lot of play. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of quarterbacks that could be making moves. There's also a lot of quarterbacks that are probably not going to make moves. They're not going to go off of Lamar Jackson to keep Tyler Huntley unless they really are strapped for cash, and that would be insane considering Lamar Jackson's an MVP. There's people on Twitter right now and people on on the NFL blogs and the media that I that I listen to saying that Baltimore should move off of Lamar Jackson. Why would you do that? That makes literally no sense. He has more experience and he's more explosive than Tyler Huntley. I understand you have to pay him. You have to pay every quarterback. The Vikings are paying Kirk Cousins $35 million right now to be average. And it, they thought it was a good idea. <laughs> that That's the sad part. They thought it was a good idea. Listen, I'm not hating on Kirk Cousins, but he's not worth $35 million a year. And the cap hit is forty-five. So it, it, regardless of how you view Kirk Cousins, that monetarily makes no sense. Monetarily, it doesn't make sense. Now, are you going to have to pay Lamar Jackson $40 million a year? Absolutely. Absolutely you will. And he's also the game changer on your team. He's proven he's a leader. He's made improvements. He's not the, the best at everything, but no, no, not everybody is. There's not just Aaron Rodgers out there. There's not just Tom Brady out there. And Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have their flaws. They do, and they're not all on the football field. Lamar Jackson has been doing his job and doing it well since he was drafted, and that's all you can literally ask for. Now, let's flip it 
real quick, but then we'll go back to the Ravens. But for the Packers, their defense has been suspect the last few weeks. Now, their defense was is, was overperforming, similar to the Kansas City Chiefs. And they both basically had similar games this week. The Chiefs gave up 28 to the Chargers. They didn't look like they were on point uh, with their defensive scheme, with tackling, uh, some ins and outs that they've been doing the last few weeks. Now, they were missing Chris Jones, in the in their interior lot in their interior at defensive linemen, but uh, the Packers are having the similar situation happen to them. It's right now, and they gave up thirty to a backup quarterback. It it just doesn't, and it was outside in the cold. I know it was in Baltimore, but even in Baltimore, Green Bay's good in the cold. They're great. They had a decent game offensively. Devontae Adams was taken away most of the night by either blanketed coverage or or double coverage, depending on what they had called. But that that's the situation. And, and listen, the defense defense is a big deal, especially when you get into the playoffs and you play outside in a playoff game. That means a lot. But your offense also means a lot. And and the the Packers have looked good. They deserve to win. They played better overall and more consistent throughout this football game. Baltimore scored two touchdowns in the last five minutes. They went for two to take the lead with 42 seconds left. Uh, Green Bay still had one timeout, so even if they get it, Aaron Rodgers has a shot. I don't blame them for going for two. Uh, However, based on the production they had in the fourth quarter, I thought maybe there was a way that you would think tying it up and and trying to stop Aaron Rodgers is worth it. Uh, you might lose on a walk-off, but you basically just did lose on a walk-off by not getting the two-point conversion, so I don't see much of a difference there. I know you're dinged up uh, in terms of the Baltimore Ravens defense, in terms of the secondary, and 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 that even stems towards the, the front seven as well with how much they've been dinged up this season, but a uh, great game by Tyler Huntley. Kudos to him. I, I love the way he performed. Great accuracy on his throws. It was something really good to take away from if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, even though you did lose to the Green Bay Packers. Next on the list, the Bengals beat the Broncos 15-10. to Teddy Bridgewater, scary scene. Uh, get Looks like he gets knocked out and is almost unconscious on the field. Uh, did have all movement in his extremities before taken to a local hospital. I will have an update on Teddy Bridgewater for our midweek podcast uh, with injuries and fantasy football as well as probably a new segment as well. Uh, but that will be coming either tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, before our Friday Christmas Eve special of the All in Man Cave podcast, uh, even though most of you will probably not listen to it on Christmas Eve. Maybe you will. I hope you do. Uh, and tell people about it, by the way. Uh, but the Bengals win. Uh, the, was it defenses or bad offenses? A combination of both based on the plays that I saw from this football game. Joe Burrow off. Uh, Jamar Chase basically non-existent in this game. Uh, as well as... Uh, the Bengals are leading the AFC North right now, and I've talked about this competitive division, uh, multiple different aspects of this competitive division. They're currently in the lead uh, by tiebreak, uh, by loss column. It's just it, this. This is gonna. It's gonna come down to Week 18 for the for the for this division. Baltimore has the hardest schedule. With Lamar comes back, they probably have one of the best dynamic offenses. Big Ben looks like they're struggling, but their defense keeps them in games. The Browns have had all sorts of issues all season, but their defense keeps them in games. And the Bengals are just there. 
They're there decent on both sides of the football week in and week out, which is why they're leading this division. Bad offenses or bad defenses, going back to that comment, I think the Bengals' defense has gotten a little bit more kudos than it deserves. The 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 Broncos' defense has played well, and well with younger players. So once Teddy was out, Drew Locke came in. Drew Locke is not a good quarterback. He throws interceptions. He makes stupid decisions. And he's cocky on the sideline after he does it. So I, I don't have much respect for Drew Locke. I've seen him playing games. I've seen him start semantics. I don't I don't like him. I don't like his skill set. I think he's risky with the football. I would compare him to Zach Wilson if I had to give a comparison, uh, a closest comp of him. Uh, but this game was th- this game was one of those games that happened this week where defenses really stepped up and offenses seemed to struggle most of uh, the Sunday games and it bled into the Monday games as well. Next on the list, the toilet bowl, the Texans at the Jaguars, Texans come out on top, 30-16. to 16. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I called it again. I called Hunter Henry. I called DJ Moore having a better game. He did have a better game because he caught a touchdown pass. That basically didn't matter, but for fantasy, it does just the same. Uh, but Brandon Cooks had a wonderful game. D- Davis Mills loves Brandon Cooks, and it's similar to that comp that I came out earlier in the season with Zach Wilson loving Corey Davis. It's a similar relationship that these two have as well. Davis Mills came out. He came out ugly when he first started. Uh, He was drafted this year. He's a rookie. Uh, They picked him up. Tyrod Taylor got dinged up. He was forced into starting. And Brandon Cooks has always been a a high target. Uh, He has high target share when Davis Mills is at at starting at quarterback. Uh, So great game by Brandon Cooks. If any of you took my my advice uh, to start Brandon Cooks this week, you definitely made out. Believe he had... Nine catches for over 100 yards and two TDs. So you definitely made out this week if you started Brandon Cooks. Uh, But like I said, the toilet bowl. These teams are both reeling uh, and for different reasons. And and, uh, do what you want and say what you want about Deshaun Watson and what's going to happen with that. Your best guess is my best guess. Uh, So I'm not even going to think about what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson until we get more info, which we've gotten zero info on Lamar Jack or on uh, Deshaun Watson probably in the last, probably the whole season. I haven't heard much about Deshaun Watson the entirety of this th- this season through 15 weeks. I haven't heard anything. No updates, nothing. There might be stuff out there, but I haven't heard it. There hasn't been media updates. I haven't got it to my phone. So... God only knows what's happening with that. But on the flip side, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, The Jags need solidarity on this team. Trevor Lawrence, if you asked the average sports fan that watches college football and has watched Trevor Lawrence. So basically the average Jags fan would probably tell you this, this Trevor Lawrence guy seems like a quiet presence, but a strong presence on this football team. He needs a good offensive coordinator or an offensive minded head coach to help him develop. And everything that's happened this year with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer, Tim Tim Tebow, all of this stuff, it's not helping his development, and I know I've said that to exhaustion, uh, but he needs that presence, and I think Trevor Lawrence has a very, very good outcome to his career if he's able to procure that offensive-minded person or an offensive-minded head coach. Now, there's names out there that are leaked 
whether it be Byron Lefwich, the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks, or Doug Peterson, currently not coaching anywhere, but at the head coach position for both of them, I think that both of those coaches are good options. I think that it's definitely, it definitely looks like, I don't know. It can go a bunch of ways, and I don't know. I don't want to speculate right now because they're 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 going to interim the rest of the season, and then they're going to go out, and a lot of this stuff has come out, so it's going to be really hard to speculate. Uh, but Doug Peterson and Byron Leftwich, both very good options at the head coach position. That's going to be obviously open at the end of this season, and whoever is the better fit for Trevor Lawrence needs to be the coach that they hire. It can't be a defensive coach. It can't be a coach that does not align with Trevor Lawrence because he's dealt with enough, uh, and the potential of Trevor Lawrence can get this team back to a respectable, if not a higher-than-respectable caliber team, and that's that's it. Next game on the docket, the Dolphins beat the Jets 31-24. to I definitely should have hit the over button when I was thinking about it and making the the preview podcast. I wanted to take the over so much, and then I realized that the Dolphins' defense is good, uh, but they gave up 24 to the Jets, so maybe they're not that good. Two have fought through most of this football game, uh, through a few costly interceptions. Uh, he one? No, I think he had two. I think he had two picks. It, it uh, rough, rough, very rough. One of them, I believe, was a pick six. Um, but another name that needs to be added to a not maybe in, not an MVP talk and not an MVP list of of candidates, uh, but definitely being in a top five, top three situation in the NFL. But Mike Gusecki is a player. Mike Gusecki is awesome. Uh, Penn State alum. Seems like Penn State always comes out with some really good tight ends. Pratt Fryermuth, I believe, was from there as well. Uh, that plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's in concussion protocol also. Give an update on him on the injury podcast uh, coming out either tomorrow or Thursday. But it, Mike Gusecki needs to be in that conversation. And honestly, he's a great target for Tua uh, because Tua loves everyone in the slot and his big-bodied tight ends, uh, whether it be him or anyone else. On that on that roster, he's not. He loves Jalen Waddle in the slot. He loves Gasecki. Uh, they have, I believe, Drew Smythe still plays for them. Uh, he at the at the tight end position. Their wide receivers, he hits them, but not often. Uh, so people who own Devontae Parker or who got Will Fuller, even though now he's out for the rest of the season as well with a setback to his finger, I believe. Uh, but uh, there'll be an update on him as well at the injury podcast. But uh, it, it's weird. It's weird. The The Dolphins have won all of these games in a row after their terrible start. What do we gain uh, in terms of this game from Tua Tagovailoa as their leader? He won a football game. Uh, we're going to talk about some other quarterbacks that played awful, but they won football games. Uh, and we've talked about them already in the games that we've covered in this podcast so far. So it's just, do do, do you obtain, do you have the skill set to win football games. Can you game manage if you need to to win football games? And if he can lead the Dolphins to these wins, it's worth keeping an eye on him and possibly doing things to bolster his success, whether that be the offensive line, more playmakers, uh, or even uh, possibly giving him an opinion on what's going to happen in terms of the draft, what he thinks he needs to be more successful. 
whether coaches or owners or GMs are going to let players start to maybe have a say in draft picks. I don't know. I don't even know if that's happening currently right now, uh, but it definitely should. It definitely should because at the end of the day, they're the ones that need to get the W's for the organization. It's up to them, the leader of the football team, which is typically the quarterback. And if they have an opinion on someone who will help the football team, the organization needs to listen. And they need to listen with both ears, not just one. Next on the list, the Saints beat the Bucks 9-0. Tom Brady's first shutout since he played against Nick Saban when Nick Saban was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins in 2006. Tom Brady visibly frustrated. Awful game for him in terms of statistics. One pick, one loss fumble. Uh, he got sacked four times. He broke a tablet on the sideline. He was visibly upset as well as audi auditorily. Oh, I made another word on the pot. I swear I'm up to 20, at least 20 made up words. Auditorily via the ears uh, and via the mouth in the media. Uh, it, he sounds extremely upset. They played awful this week, lost to a Saints team, no touchdowns in this game, 9 nothing all on field goals. Taysom Hill and the Saints beat the Bucks again, and they are 4-0 in the regular season against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the last two seasons. So uh, it's crazy, and a lot of, lot of injuries. Uh, we'll have more updates. There's one that's already out now, uh, it being Tuesday. Uh, Chris Godwin is out for the season. They thought he exited this game with what they thought was an MCL sprain. Actually is a torn ACL, so he will miss the rest of the season. Uh, hamstring injuries to Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette as well. Uh, with Gronk having 11 targets and only two receptions, this offense could get absolutely nothing going. I thought Ronald Jones would be a good fantasy football impact player this week. He didn't have terrible production. Uh, and the injury to Leonard Fournette probably should have gotten him more production, but he did not have what I thought he would, which was my call on the fantasy football like and dislike segment of our injury podcast last week. But here's the issue, and, and the Saints defense looks good. Now, can the Saints defense play like this against everyone but the Bucks? We have no idea. They play this well against the Bucks every time they play them, not just the defense, uh, and they're not always shutting them out, obviously, uh, but they're a big, big factor in the outcome of these football games and these divisional football games. Uh, so Tampa Bay does not clinch the division based on the loss. We'll see. Saints probably will be favored in their last three games of the season, so we'll see if they can make a push. As of right now, they are the eighth seed behind the Minnesota Vikings, my Minnesota Vikings right now, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, the Bucks, I wouldn't overreact to the Bucks losing this football game as most of the media is right now. I love listening to NFL media. I love listening to sports podcasts. I love watching the TV celebrities. Uh, but you can clearly see that a lot of these people jump pretty quickly on these stories uh, that you probably shouldn't be jumping on. Now, yes, Tom Brady lost a football game. He lost some football games last year, too, and they won the Super Bowl, uh, which is the the smallest explanation I can give to make my point and to not talk uh, about the wrong things that come out in terms of the NFL media. Uh, but, but the Saints, they can't score points. They struggle to score points. Offensively, it's been, it's been jumbled. Uh, Alvin Kamara been dinged up, has a hard time getting it going, didn't get anything going in this game. To be expected against the Tampa Bay Bucks front seven, that is very high caliber, probably top three in the league. 
Uh, but Taysom Hill is not a quarterback, not a starting quarterback. Just like I talked about Cam Newton, same thing I would say, and same thing applies to Taysom Hill. He's just not a starting quarterback. And yes, they had a few quick hit uh, plays to Marquez Callaway down the field. Uh, they had a few intermediate plays. Uh, Taysom Hill was active in the run game like he typically is. But that offense is not the same unless they have somebody who can throw the ball down the field. And right now they don't. All right, those were all the Sunday games. We get into the Monday games, the rescheduled game for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Browns were missing basically their, all of their playmakers on offense. Um, Baker Mayfield out, Case Keenum out. Nick Mullins gets the start at quarterback. It's it's a, to Jarvis Landry not in this game. Nick Chubb, probably the best performer, but this was a very boring football game. I actually watched every snap of this football game leading up to the Vikings game, which was the game after this game uh, last night. Uh, Derek Carr leads a drive at the end for them to kick the game-winning field goal. Browns were up 14-13 going into that drive. Uh, they kicked the game winner. The Raiders win 16-14. I don't I don't take a lot. The the Raiders need to have decisions they need to make and not on my quarterbacks list that may be moved this season. Depending on what they do at the top end of that organization in Vegas, uh Derek Carr might be out. Uh he might I don't think it's his fault. I think he's gonna be the he's gonna be the indirect target of the all of this BS that's gonna happen and the flip flops that are gonna happen within that organization, uh, whether it be because of their head coach hire, whether Mike Mayock stays or leaves. Uh, and what Mark Davis decides to do with most of the coaching staff and some of these free agents and some of these players on this team. The Raiders are, are a mystery right now, and, and I'm not sure what the answer is. I know that Derek Carr has not had the targets uh, and not had the caliber of wide receivers that he would have liked in his tenure with the Raiders. I know their run game has been a disappointment this year. Josh Jacobs, no 100-yard rushing games. I know they were splitting carries between him and Kenyon Drake. Uh, Drake got injured, so he's been taking some some carries. They have Peyton Barber splitting carries with him as well. So is it a is it a problem of Josh Jacobs performing, or is it him needing more of a rest than people thought he would need based on his production his first few seasons in the league? I don't know. The Browns are everywhere, and they were missing a lot of players due to COVID. They were missing Kevin Stefanski at head coach. Nick Mullins is not a good quarterback, but we saw him on the 49ers start football games and not play well. I wouldn't be surprised. Their defense seems to be good enough to to make plays in football games to keep them in it, but their offense is struggling so much right now that the defense can't even carry them, and that's what happened in this football game. Their defense played good enough to only give up 16, but unfortunately their offense could only score 14, and that's basically the best synopsis of that football game. All right, and the Monday night game last night, the Minnesota Vikings and me, myself, and I, uh, actually my girlfriend watched the game with me, but I watched the entire game even having to get up at 5 a.m. for work. Uh, I was up until probably 12.30, uh, so four and a half hours, not very good for my start to my work day this morning, but that's for that, that story's for another day. Uh, the Vikings come out victorious. They beat the Bears 17-9. Bears scored a touchdown late. Uh, and by late, I mean on the last play of the game. Uh, so it was 17-3. to uh, The Vikings came out. Their offense was stagnant. Dalvin Cook held in check most of the football game. Did have a few good runs, uh, but the, the Chicago Bears defensive line 
played extremely well against Dalvin Cook in this game. Kirk Cousins, 50% completion for only 85 yards, did have two touchdowns and a very bad interception, which should have not been an interception because Justin Jefferson was tackled in the middle of the field with no ball in sight. Uh, but that was not a penalty. The penalties in this football game were awful. And to be quite honest with you, the penalties in this game were awful in favor of the Vikings. The Bears had calls that didn't even make any sense. Uh, these referees in this game, it, it almost looked like it was fixed. That's how bad the calls in this game were. It was awful. Uh, Minnesota Vikings defense carries them in this game, which is why they're able to win by eight. I was a fan of taking the Bears plus the points because the Vikings have not covered in any game this season except against Seattle when they're minus points. Uh, so I took the Bears plus six and a half, and if they would have been able to go for a two-point conversion uh, with zero seconds on the clock, which I'm positive is not allowed, but if they were able to do that, I would have been able to cover those points. But I love the under. It obviously hit. Uh, because the under was 45 and a half and they only hit 26. Uh, but the Vikings offense is a struggle right now. And it's probably because Adam Thielen didn't play in this game. Uh, Kirk Cousins struggles to play on Mondays it, it, and in primetime. Probably the combo of both is the reason why he played so poorly. Justin Jefferson blanketed all night. Uh, the Bears offense had three lost fumbles. They gave up three sacks. Uh, they had a muffed punt. It was It was bad. They were in the Vikings red zone they were in the red zone going to score five times and only came out with three points out of five trips vikings come out with big plays on defense eric kendrick's thrown out of this football game with a head-to-head -head hit on justin fields as he was sliding uh kind of a bang bang play i mean did he launch at him yes did he hit him in the head yes are you going to get thrown out if you do that probably uh, i wasn't really surprised obviously as a fan watching it i was pissed uh, because then the defense started to shake a little bit and give up more rushing yards, but I needed them because I own David Montgomery in my fantasy league. So he, made, he gave me the win by a big whomping four points. Uh, so thank you, David Montgomery. Shout out uh, to David Montgomery. Uh, but the Vikings looked awful, and they have two very hard games that they need victories in. And both of them are not very good locations. We're at home against the Rams, which is we're clearly going to be underdogs in that game. And the offense is struggling, and nobody knows if Adam Thielen is going to be able to play in this game or if our offensive line is going to block. Uh, because that's a problem. And then at Lambeau Field, which the at that point the Packers may be already wrapped up the first seed, so... That might be a time that they start sitting people, which would be good for the Vikings, but most likely that will not happen uh, because it's, I don't think it's ever happened unless Aaron Rodgers was actually hurt. Uh, and then we end the, end the season at home against the Bears, which clearly we can play against them. So uh, it's going to be rough. The Vikings need to run the table probably to get a spot. Uh, they do have the tiebreaker over the Eagles, but not over the Saints. Sorry, over the Saints and the... Hold on. Now I got to now I got to think about it cuz I didn't write it down. Uh they hold the tiebreaker over the Saints right now because they have the same record, but I do not believe that they hold the record that they do not hold the tiebreaker over the Washington football team. So I will be rooting for the Eagles tonight. Unfortunately, I have to root for the Eagles even though I am not an Eagles fan. A bit of an Eagles hater if you had to categorize me, but that's because I was corrupted at a young age by some really bad Eagles fans. So to be fair, I should probably give you guys another chance, which I probably will. Um, shout out to uh, Emmanuel Cadane, the EK Parlay. He is also a, a Philadelphia Eagles fan, Sixers fan. 
Uh, he, he likes every team from Philadelphia, uh, th- but that also includes Villanova. Uh, so, uh, Emmanuel, when you listen to this, uh, Villanova still lost me that parlay, and I'm still kind of salty about it. So, um, I, I'm going to be an Eagles fan, even though I don't want to be in this in the game that they will play tonight. Uh, both games are on at the same time at 7 p.m. Eastern time, which makes literally no sense, uh, but they will both be on at the same time. I, I don't know what to do with the Vikings. Uh, it's another season similar to last season where we have very high highs and very low lows. Uh, not as many highs this season than last season because we won games by more than three points and on the last drive last season. This season seems to be a nail-biter till the end in every game, uh, and I expect that moving forward. I expect that moving forward from my football team, uh, and we'll see what happens and see if they're able to squeak out Ws in the next upcoming weeks. All right, that is all the games from the Week 15 slate of Sunday and Monday. Uh, Tonight, the Philadelphia Eagles and Washington football team. I'll give you guys a few picks that I like and some that are on the fence, but which way I'm leaning. Um, I like the Washington football team plus the points tonight, but I like the Eagles to win the football game. I think the two games tonight are probably going to be similar to the games that happened yesterday night. Uh, in terms of being close games and low scoring. So I'm going to take the under. I'm going to hammer the under. So if you had to, you had a gun to my head and made me pick, I would pick the under in that game before the spread. Uh, not a huge fan of the points. Anything could happen. Uh, but I definitely love the under with Jalen Hurts being dinged up and starting, uh, as well as the Washington football team being limited at the quarterback position uh, and the fact that they haven't scored that many points in a game all season. Uh, And then on the flip side for the other game, the Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, this game screams upset to me, uh, and I have no idea why, but this is a divisional game, uh, just like the Eagles-Washington football team game, Uh, so I I would lean towards the Seattle Plus the points. I know the Rams, I think last time I looked at it, which was this morning, maybe around 10 a.m., I think it was Seattle plus seven. I like Seattle plus seven in this, uh, but I also love the under. And it's 46 and a half. It was 46 and a half, and I believe it was trending down. So it might be 46 now. I I see this game being a low-scoring game as well. Now, I don't like that game as much, so if you guys are out there making a single bet or just adding a lock to a parlay or trying to obtain a lock for a parlay, I definitely would go with the Eagles-Washington football team under before I would touch the Seattle-Rams game. Uh, But if you had to have me pick and I'm going to make my picks, uh, I'm going to take Seattle plus the points and I'm going to take the under. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for sharing the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. All in Man Cave podcast. Again, if you missed it, please add me on Twitter at All in Man Cave Pod. Uh, leave me, tweet at me, ask me a question, anything that I can read on the podcast. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. If you already did, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Please, five stars uh, for putting up and dealing with my stupid voice all the time. No, I'm just joking, just trying to make it funny. Um, but I will be back either tomorrow and or Thursday for the injury slash fantasy football podcast. Also going to throw some cool stuff in there as well uh, to get ready for uh, the next week in the NFL on Friday with our picks against the spread and over-unders for week 16. Uh, we're getting there. It is the holiday season. Uh, it is the season of giving. Uh, So please give me a review. (laughs) Funny how I put that in there. Give me a review. 
Uh, thank you so much sharing the podcast word of mouth. I appreciate all you guys listening once again. Uh, and I will talk to you guys either tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, let's see if we can get some cool stuff going for fantasy football for everyone in their playoff situation. Or even if you're just in the toilet bowl and you don't want to come in last. Because some some yearly leagues, you have to pay back money if you come in last. It's kind of terrible. It's kind of terrible. I heard that and I was like, wow, you stunk all year in fantasy football. Now you got to pay people back. That's crazy. Uh, But, all right, guys, that's it. That's it for the pod. I will talk to you soon. Later.